Good afternoon, visitors. Um, we are here with Miss Brenda Garrison. She is a SANE nurse in Southeast Texas. Brenda and I have been friends for a long time and she's agreed to come on and visit with us today to share with us her information and expertise on sexual assaults. Uh, Brenda, who are you and why did you become a SANE nurse? Well, I'm a SANE nurse versus you being an insect nurse. <laughs> I'm a sane nurse, uh, a forensic nurse. I, I think that when you do more than just sexual assaults, then, you know, we're classified forensic nurses. But how I got involved, oh, back in 1993, I got kind of... Uh, uh, talked into going to a, a program where they were going to explain this new program the hospital was having. It was going to be a sexual assault program. And I was intrigued by the forensic part of it because mm -hmm. I really didn't know too much about it. And uh, then I got involved and we did a 40-hour classroom training and then we did a one-year clinical training and that's kind of history. 26 years later, um, 27 years later, I'm still doing it. Right, so a, a wonderful coincidence brought you into this great profession. Now, we know what assault is. What is forensics? Forensic, a lot of people think that forensics is just pertaining to, the, you know, they think it has to do with dead people, you no, know, because right. you tell people you're, gonna, you're in forensics, they think you're dealing with dead people. But no, only thing forensic means is pertaining to the law. Okay. And so if you're a forensic nurse, you're a nurse that, um, that the things that you do pertain to the law and that be an evidence collection and then you know courtroom testimony and you know physical exam of uh, sexual assault patients okay great now sane well you know you're the sane nurse sexual assault nurse examiner how does someone become a sane nurse well in the state of texas um to be able to be certified and that's what everybody's working towards certification and in the state of texas to be certified, you first have to have been a, uh, uh, an active nurse for at least two years, uh, either in the hospital or working in the emergency room, because they want people that have, they want nurses that have current um, experience. experience, current experience in assessments. And, you know, because you're assessing the whole body. And so they want somebody that's current in their um, profession and then after that, uh, you're gonna well, you go through a, a, a rigorous uh, interview session because you want to be able to you want people that that know up front what they're getting into because this isn't for us. forensic nursing is not for everyone. So once you've been cho chosen, you've uh, you're an RN, you've got a Texas license, you've uh, been working for the past two years then now they have a 64-hour didactic or classroom training and then the clinical training goes by uh, you'll do a certain amount of well child exams with a local pediatrician and then a certain amount of uh, exams well woman exams mm -hmm. um, then after that then you're going to have um, your exams that you do use in evidence collection kits and then you, most children, you're not going to use an evidence collection kit, but you're going to have a certain amount of those that you do uh, without gathering evidence. You're just uh, looking for healed or acute trauma. Oh, great. Now, with your years of experience, 
Would you be willing to train someone to become a SANE nurse? I would if the right people come along. Okay, great. And um, so you've had years of experience. You have the, your very own private facility That's that right. provides um, care for people who've experienced sexual assault. Um, it's called Child Abuse and Forensics. Could you please tell us some more about Child Abuse and Forensics? Well, this is a nonprofit organization that we founded back in 1996. Uh, at the time, it was the only private facility in the state of Texas. That that's that's all we did. Uh, it's a very expensive program um, to operate. There's still few programs like this one. Uh, but we felt the need to have a private facility so that. Um, anyone that had gone through a traumatic experience like sexual assault, they had the opportunity to come into a, a private facility rather than uh, a busy emergency room or uh, a busy, you know, uh, doctor's office. They just have, they have choices, and we like for victims to have choices. Here we, we take, uh, we see a lot of uh, your LGBT community, your transgender, you're um, mentally disabled. Um, so a lot of the people that might not feel comfortable to go into an emergency room, they feel comfortable here because it's a, it's a one-on-one. We're not taking care of a, uh, we don't have um, other patients in here. We're gonna schedule one patient at a time, hopefully. Sometimes we have more than one, if, you know, if we have a, you know, acute patient and we're already taking care of one. But we're going to separate them into different rooms because I feel like that the most important thing is to give them the privacy and the confidentiality that they deserve. Yes. And to give them a nice atmosphere yes. and a caring atmosphere and have people that believe them. You know, we're not here to make a decision of what happened. We're here to take care of our, of our patients and, uh, and start the road to healing. Great. Now, just to clarify, you're saying someone can actually seek care from you without going to an emergency room? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, most of our referrals come through law enforcement because yes. most people will call law enforcement, they'll report it, or else they're going to go to a hospital and then that hospital will discharge them and send them to us. Uh, so, you know, we're credentialed at the local hospital. We just try to uh, do as many of them as we can in the private facility, but we are able to go anywhere we want to. I go to nursing homes, um, I do the prison system. Um, we'll go to any hospital, any outpatient facility that maybe that patient's not in a medical condition to be transferred or right. to be discharged and sent here. Right. So after seeking administrative approval, we can go anywhere we want. Oh, that's good news. That That's great to know. Now, mm -hmm. now I know that there are people who have suffered sexual assault and and it's it's very shameful to talk about do you have to report it to the police before coming to you or could somebody you know pretty much say you know what i've been sexually assaulted and i need to seek um care yeah they can and we try to we try to get out the information uh as best we can but a person could call us and say you know i've been sexually assaulted and as long as they're an adult okay yeah as long as they're an adult, uh, we can care for that patient. Law enforcement does not have to be notified. Um, we're going to call in our Raven Suicide Crisis Center, though, to help with the advocacy portion of it. Yeah. 
But they don't, they don't have to make a report to law enforcement. They can come straight here. Now, if it's a child, that's a different situation. We do get referrals from some of our local pediatricians and physicians when it's a child that they haven't made an outcry, so they haven't said anyone's hurt them. But maybe that doctor has a, has a concern. Well, we will see that child, the doctor knowing, though, before the child comes here, that if anything looks suspicious and looks like it could be sexual abuse, or if that child makes some kind of indication that they've been abused, then our next call is going to be to law enforcement. So we're not trying to bypass law enforcement. We're just trying to evaluate for maybe some medical condition mm -hmm. that might be confused, you know, might be um, uh, confused as maybe sexual so, abuse. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Now, how do we get in touch with you? Well, you can call our office by calling 409-284-123. Look, I just telling you my cell phone. <laughs> that's, that's just back up there. <clears throat> it's not a problem. You can call our office by calling 409-832-0421. Now, if it's after hours and someone needs our services, yeah. They're welcome to call my cell phone. Okay. And that is 409-284-1230 to schedule an appointment. There you have it, folks. For child abuse and forensics, the telephone number is 409-832-0421. After hours, you may reach Miss Brenda at 409-284-1230. I know that, you know, we're in the midst of COVID and a lot of kids are home from school, right? That's and, true. And, and a lot of people are sheltering with their abusers. Mm -hmm. How has COVID impacted sexual assaults? Well, I think in, in, one, in one aspect, I think it has probably hindered people from coming forward. Mm -hmm. um, there when, COVID, when we had the lockdown, uh, we had an increase in our um, child exams and mm -hmm. adolescent exams because when people are locked down and companies are locked down, then daycares are locked down. Right. And so as people, essential workers, were having to go to work, well, they were trying to find places to, to leave their kids. Yeah. And who's the natural uh, person to look at? And that's going to be your friends and that's going to be your family because that's going to be the people you trust. Right. And the sad thing is those people are the people that are going to abuse. The people that you trust, the people your children trust, mm -hmm. friends, family. So we had an increase in our, our child exams during the, the lockdown. Yeah. Um, you just don't think about it. You think that you're putting your children in, in good hands, but uh, no, nah, just blah, 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 blah. Just right. that crap out. I thought I, of something, then I, before I could say it, I... No, this is all good stuff. When you when you when you remember it, you know, just bring it right in because this is so important. A lot of us don't realize just how many people are suffering from sexual assault and what the resources are in the community. So understanding, although it's a confidential matter and we try to maintain privacy, they can reach out and get help. Oh, they can. They can. Now, one thing to remember is, you know, when we talk about acute exams and chronic exams, uh, if someone's been sexually assaulted, uh, whether it be an adult or a child, if it's been within 120 hours, which is four days, mm -hmm. that exam needs to be done immediately. Okay. Uh, even if they've had a bath, even if they've changed clothes, you're not going to wash away trauma. And a lot of times you're not going to wash away evidence that we might could obtain. Uh, a child 
anytime a child makes an outcry of sexual abuse, regardless of how long it's been. If it's been a year, been two years, there's still a reason to do that exam, okay? Um, you know, we're gonna, first of all, we wanna make sure that they know they're okay. And then we need to assess them because, I mean, we're looking for STDs, we're looking for heel trauma, uh, but mainly, one of the main reasons is just to let that child know their body's okay mm. because they go through life thinking well nobody ever looked down there and you know something could be wrong and that prolongs the trauma that's right yeah that's right okay mm-hmm. that's great now now what constitutes sexual assault well now sexual assault mm-hmm. in the state of texas it's a little bit uh it's kind of two two phases uh, any contact between any part of the genitals of one person and the mouth or anus of another person or the penetration of the genitals or the anus of another person with an object. Okay. So, see, so you think of sexual assault just being uh, penis to the vagina. Right. Okay. But, no, it can be with an object. It can be in the mouth. It can be in the anus. Um, so all of those need to be, yeah, all of those are considered sexual assault in the state of Texas. And then penetration, you know, we talked about penetration. Penetration in the state of Texas is penetration through the labia. I mean, Mm. it doesn't have to go into the vaginal vault. And that's one thing that people get confused about. Just any penetration, even the finger between the labia is considered penetration in the state of Texas. And thus it's considered sexual assault. Uh, Correct. Now, one of the things you and I talk about a lot is reporting, um, you know, sexual assault is that, you know, how long it takes for these cases to go through the judicial system. And a lot, for a lot of times, we've also discussed that it's not just a matter of the child or the, the, the victim, you know, getting that closure, but sometimes it can also bring closure or free that person who's been accused. Absolutely. And at one time, I mean, it was taken, it could take, at one time, our average um, time from the time we did the sexual assault examination to actually getting the evidence back, it could have been as long as two years, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, With the law changing, the law did change to where it's supposed to be done within 90 days. Uh, Still, there's many cases that don't finish up in 90 days. But you have a person that's been accused I mean, rather than wait two years to say that's not the DNA. Right. We didn't find his DNA, but we found someone else's DNA. Well, that person's gone through t- trauma too. Yes. And once the person has been accused of sexual assault, I mean, they want to clear their name. And right. so the sooner that we can get that DNA back, um, say that the DNA comes back a year later and that wasn't the person. Well, law enforcement's got to start all over again because they thought they had the guy. Right. Or the girl, right. you know, females right. commit to a uh, sexual assault also. So uh, the sooner we can get it back, also with your prosecution, if a person, the longer that defendant can wait before they actually go to court, the better chance they have of getting off. Yeah. Because that victim is trying to move on with their life and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard. And so by the time, you know, a year or two passes, mm-hmm. they just want it to go away understandably so because you know they want to you know get ahead and get mm-hmm. on with their lives now should that be a deterrent for someone to report sexual assault it shouldn't be mm-hmm. because that person should really have they should have if they get hooked up 
with us or and with the advocacy center then they have someone that can kind of stay with them during the process oh, great sometimes people don't reach out and and access those resources mm-hmm. and we need to encourage them we need to bring them back and and see you know if they're not following along with the legal system then maybe we need to do something to kind of help them uh you know feel comfortable to follow up so i put that on us too as far as you know doing what we can right right sure. this is all great news now um as we've been discussing child abuse and forensics understanding it's a private facility here mm-hmm. in southeast texas mm-hmm. um accessing your facility um can be done without going to the emergency room mm-hmm. um simply calling your office at 409-832-0421 or they may call you after hours at 409-284-1230 absolutely and if they want to present to a hospital if they want to yeah. present to baptist hospital then I'm going to be called anyway. So, anyway. you know, sometimes they need that medical care. Right. And then I'd be, you know, I'd be called from, from there. So, and then too, if, if somebody just wants a question answered, yeah, call us. Almost oh, definitely. Because we want to answer those questions. Because you've been a great resource for all of us um, when it comes to sexual assault, because a lot of times we think it's sexual assault, but it's not. And, and that helps to somehow satisfy pa- parents and children as well as, you know, anybody who could be That's right, used of sexual assault because it could be something as simple as you misunderstood what the child said you know right um and maybe you ask in 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 the maybe a a way that the child answered what they thought you wanted to hear yeah, right because you know children want to please children want to please yeah, yeah 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 definitely and also um one of the key things um from this conversation is that uh sane nursing is one of those really fulfilling uh, professions and you'd be willing to train someone to become a sane nurse oh I would with, uh, mm-hmm. if they've had two years of experience nursing experience mm-hmm. and they would like to call you and talk more about it or to come mm-hmm. on board as a sane nurse that would be great yeah just call the office and we can set a time when you can come in and or they can come in and right. and tour the office see what we do get a good understanding of the requirements right. and the uh, you know what we expect of them and what they expect of us so, right. because that's the best thing they, they need to know exactly what's you know what to yeah, expect yeah what to expect right know. i mean but it's very gratifying it, if it wasn't gratifying i wouldn't be doing it 26 yeah. years later understandably so now as gratifying as it is what is the most challenging thing of your job what's the most challenging part i think watching the legal part play out and knowing that for a lot of these for a lot of these victims a lot of these patients the only real um closure if there is such a thing or is that what we can give them here yes this right here because our focus when they come into our office we're going to give them every the tools that they need and hopefully they start that healing process but knowing that these cases, the majority of them, don't make it all the way through the legal system, and knowing that we want them all to complete the process. But we also know the challenges, not only for law enforcement, but we know the challenges that those victims have in staying strong enough yeah. to go through that legal system. Right. That's, that's the struggle, that's yeah. the struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's good to know. Miss Brenda, I appreciate you sitting down with us and um, talking to Caring Connections today. Um, hopefully, we are, we've been able to reach some people out there in, um, in podcast land. And they will be in touch with you regarding sexual assaults. We do not want any assault to go unreported. That's the, that's the key here in that we want people to get that sense of healing and wholeness as they go through these challenging times. Yeah, and, and whether they report or not, yeah. we're going to treat them the same way. And we're going to gather that evidence. Right. If we can gather that evidence, with, even without law enforcement. Right. We're going to uh, also, we're going to treat them prophylactically for STIs. That's right. And we're going to test them. You know, yeah. we're going to test. So yeah. we're going to treat that patient that comes in here uh, the same way, you know, whether, they're, uh, whether they make a report or not. Because our goal is to have a healthy person when it's all over with. Right. And uh, we are a nonprofit, and if anybody wants to be involved with a nonprofit, you know, yeah. we take donations, we do fundraisers, and um, yeah, just give us a call, and we'd love to have your support. Great, and then they can go to your website as well. Absolutely, right? Child Absolutely. abuse and forensics, almost oh, definitely. Yeah, and I, and our website is www. C-A-F-S-T-X.com. Dot org. I'm sorry. Dot org. That's www.C-A-F-S-T-X. Dot org. Okay. Thank you, Miss Brenda. It was a pleasure visiting with you. I'm looking forward to working with you. Well, thank you, Cordella, for having us to come on. I enjoyed it. You are welcome. Stop. You are my little secret.